At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number six. I am expert Matt O'Leary, and I am joined by co-expert from all the way up in Canada, Mitch Anderson. How's it going up there, buddy? It is still so hot. It's like 102 degrees out here. Seriously. Is, is it really that hot, Fahrenheit-wise? It's so hot right now. It's 39 with humidity. Celsius, which is about 102 Fahrenheit. It's nuts. I'm shredding, and I've been shredding for a week. At the end of September, I'm done with this. Yeah, I thought I had it bad, because it's been like 80s here on Long Island, so I'm sure you'd probably rather that than 102 with humidity. That My sounds thick pretty terrible. winter Canadian hide can't deal with this summer heat. I can't. I'm dying. I can't do it. That's rough. I, I just there. I just want October, not only for hockey, but just some cold weather. Give me some cold weather. I can't deal with summer anymore. I want it to be over. Same. I definitely have had my fair share of summer. I am now ready to move on and get into hockey season because now we've had some more preseason games to watch. Mm, and the Islanders team has some more preseason games under their belt. So let's get into that because that's going to be most of our conversation today. Uh, First topic of the day, Doug Waite says Matthew Barzell has, in fact, done enough to make the team. Mitch, what are your thoughts on that? Well, like, that's essentially the most obvious. Like, in other news, water is wet, (laughs) right? Like, that's how I have to take this. Like, of course he has, but he's got to say that, right? He can't just say, like, oh, no, he's just going to make the team because he's going to make the team. He's He's got to give something for it. So it it makes sense. I, I'm not criticizing Doug Wade for saying that. It's just it's one of those obvious things that we've all seen it. We've all seen Barzal at camp right now, and that highlight reel goal aside the other day, Oof. he's done everything he needs to do to make a spot. And let's be honest, he did that last year already. Like this kid wasn't going to regress, so he made the team out of camp last year. There's no reason he shouldn't have made the team out of camp this year. Especially with the need down the middle that we have. Right. And uh, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say the Islanders are kind of weak down the middle. And last week we kind of talked about how Brock Nelson was essentially handed the second line center position. <laughs> but now Barzell has kind of played his way into that role, it seems like. Just based off the play in the preseason, I would say that Barzell has looked better and I would feel more comfortable giving him the opportunity despite his inexperience 
So I'm definitely excited to see what we see out of him this year because I don't know about you, but I'm expecting big things after what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, I'm pretty high on Barzal. I'm not as high as you are when it comes to him. Like, I, I want him to start the season on that third line. I really do. I want him to have sheltered minutes and have him grow into the role because we saw him last year when he was just thrown out there for like five minutes and changed thanks to Jack Capuano's. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, <laughs> he just he, he struggled. You, you put him out there against Alex Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom, and I, I assume with TJ Oshie at the time, and he struggled. He struggled to adapt um, just mentally. So us, even if we assume he got that out of his system, Let's just make sure he does and ease him into it. Why not? What do we have to lose? Right? The first five, ten games, put him out there on, on the quote-unquote third line, but still give him second-line minutes. I don't, I don't see what the problem is about easing him in. Right. That's a fair point because I think what the Islanders have shown is they do have pretty solid depth at the forward position. Mm-hmm. I feel comfortable rolling out, especially the top three lines. Those three lines are all... You pick any one of those guys, they could score. Oh, yeah. Really, realistically, the only line that isn't offensive, obviously, is going to be the fourth line. But in years past, sometimes the Islanders have had more of that defensive style third line where that's not really going to be the case this year because no. they have they potentially could have Josh Hosang on the third line from what we've saw. Yeah, that's true. And even on that fourth line, like Casey Zekas put up twenty five points in fifty nine games last year. In fifty nine games, in, in in he had he played twenty games more last year and scored four points more, so he was on pace. I'm going to do the math quick here, and uh, pardon me for doing it. I can't do it in my head. Uh, oh, I can't even do it quickly on my stupid calculator. Times eighty two. We'll say he plays a full season. That's thirty four points for Casey Sezikis. I actually rounded up thirty five points. That's insane for a fourth line center. Like he he was on pace for that 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 kind of production. Yeah, so I think the main point we're getting out of this is offense probably isn't going to be the problem with this Islanders team in 2017-18. No, exactly. And I think even if we look at last season, they put up, I think it was 211 points or goals, and they had 212 scored against them. So yeah, that then that's like last year again. Offense wasn't a problem; it was defense. Right, and now keep in mind you're bringing in Jordan Everly, who's going to give you a lot more production, and swapping out just Ryan Strome, which is mm-hmm. still insane that to think that that was the trade straight up Ryan Strome for Jordan Everly, and now you just add his what fifty sixty points worth of production. And you got a nasty-looking offensive-minded team. That's right. Sorry, the numbers for last year were 241 and 242. Um, so 241 goals for, 242 against. Um, but that 241 uh, was... Oh, uh, wasn't that good, actually. <laughs> oh, God. Looking at the Metropolitan, it wasn't that good. You got Washington, oh 263. Pittsburgh, 282. Columbus, 249. Rangers, 256. Like that, that still wasn't even better than the Maple Leafs. It's it was better than Ottawa and oh, than than anyone in the Atlantic. That's it. Okay, but in the Metropolitan, not very good. <laughs> so you're basically what you're saying is the Islanders have to change divisions in order to be successful. And that throw toss them in the Atlantic Division, and they'd be dominant. They would they would dominate for sure. Um, <laughs> maybe even this season because like Montreal's losing 
to the well, I don't know if it's at the moment. We're recording this on the twenty seventh of September, and they are Montreal is losing to the Toronto Marlies essentially four to two. So, yeesh. oh god, is this Mitch betting on preseason hockey again? Is yeah, that I'm, I'm track? actually <laughs> betting for the Devils again, and they're up four one against a uh, vet heavy squad in the Capitals. They have Holtby and Net, Orlov, Ovechkin. Oshi, Backstrom, they're all there and they're getting destroyed by the Devils. <laughs> Who also have, to be fair, a complete roster. Like the Devils roster that they're playing right now is what they're going to be playing with in the regular season. Not so much for the Capitals, but still. Gambling Mitch is my favorite Mitch because mm. it brings for entertaining podcasts and weekly meetings on Sunday night. So I'm <laughs> definitely... I'm sweating. Oh God, I'm going to lose some money today. <laughs> I'm making I'm making monies today at plus one seventy five for the Devils. Ooh, I'm making some money. There we go. That looks like a good investment. There. It was. Uh so yeah, I think we both are of agreement that Barzell obviously is going to make this team. I don't think we had too much question about that before Doug Waite came out and said that. But no, good to know with uh, reassuring there. I did have another question for you. Well, more of a comment from me, and then I'll allow you to respond to it you will allow me um, all right I, I that seems a little demeaning i'm sorry i didn't mean it <laughs> you can then provide your insightful knowledge of the sport of hockey how about that oh, that sounds a little more professional that was right? eloquent yeah okay shoot all right what do you think of now i'm wording as a question i'm just what do you think of brock nelson and josh hosang on the same line as like the third line, Brock Nelson center with Hosang on the right wing, Beauvillier on the left. Yeah, see, that's where I was going to go with is what, what's who's the other winger? Um, I don't mind Bo on the left. Um, and, and we saw it in, in that exhibition game, right? Where um, who was it even against? Like it was the Devils. It was against the Devils. Devils. Yeah. Um, that first goal where Josh Hosang does all the work along the right perimeter or not right perimeter, along the boards, shoots it to net, not looking to score a goal, but just to get a rebound. And sure enough, he gets it, and Nelson just buries it in. Um, that connection between the two, I hope, could be fruitful. We talked about it last week where it should be, where you got a, a pure playmaker in Hosang and a pure finisher in, in Brock Nelson, that that should work. That's essentially what worked in uh, in Bridgeport between Hosang and Del Cole. Right, like that was the same type of skill-wise relationship between mm-hmm. the two of them. So, can that mesh at the NHL level? I don't see why not. I really don't. And, and, and to be fair, I think if you poll Isles fan and you say, "How do you rank um, the work ethic with Brock Nelson and Michael Del Cole?" and they'll probably end up somewhere along the same line, where they're both they both rank low on how people perceive their work level are. Whether that's true or not doesn't it isn't necessarily the question is what do they perceive it to be and i think that because they are essentially the same type of player when it comes to work ethic hosan can make it work yeah as much as i believe hosan could potentially be a top line talent and definitely would be considered a top six forward i think with the depth that the islanders have and who is at each position i would prefer him on that third line because I I think Brock Nelson's more fit as a third line center and this is all kind of falling on the Barzell conversation a little bit as well if he's going to be your second line center I would want to 
put him in between two veterans. I want Ladd on the left and Bailey on the right. Now, Bailey and Barzal are kind of similar in the sense that they both look to pass first rather than shoot. That's right. So Ladd could be more of the finisher on that line, get, you know, getting down low, getting dirty, all the favorite Jack Capuano-isms, <laughs> uh, while Bailey and Barzal are using their speed and playmaking ability. And then you take that to the down to the next line on the third line, and you have Brock Nelson, who's a center, but more of a finisher really than a playmaker. And then you have Hosang, who's we know is a playmaker, but can also finish. And on top of that, you add Beauvillier, who he does a little bit of everything, but he and Hosang showed to have some pretty nice chemistry at the end of the year, so I wouldn't mind keeping them together. And yeah. that's my really long-winded answer as to why I would like that this way. Um, I, I think you'll run against the general consensus in Islesland where everyone wants Hosang as close to the top as possible. And I, I, I don't see any any reason not to follow that line of logic. Uh, it's just the Isles depth as it constitutes right now. I just see him in that third line role. And, and we just spoke about the third line with Barzal on that third line. For for myself, I would like to have him there just for sheltered minutes. And I'm not saying sheltered minutes as in reduced minutes. I'm saying sheltered minutes as in he will face opposition that is more conducive for him to flourish in the league. Him being Barzal at that point, but also extends Josh Hosang. So Hosang probably doesn't need it because he's got the confidence, he's got the attitude that's adjusted properly for where he's going to be in the caliber of play that we need him to play. Um but you, you add him in there with, with, with Barzal and you let them accl- acclimatize to the NHL together on those sheltered minutes. Oh, my God. Like, that that's going to be amazing. But, but again, I, I'm, I'm okay with Barzal up top, like you said, uh, flanked by Ladd and Bailey. That's fine with me. I have no problems with that lineup whatsoever. Um, I think it's going to be a true test of, for Bailey to see if he can. Sorry, I'll turn my phone on airplane mode. Actually, it's on airplane mode. Come on, phone. Um, vibrating like a crazy person here. Um, where was I going with? Oh yes, Bailey. Uh, I really think that it's going to be a test of is he a product of Tavares or not. Yeah, that's definitely one of the things that I'll be looking for most this year out of Bailey. Uh, just to get back to Hosang for one more quick second, I want to make one more point. Yeah, I wouldn't. I know I just made the case for putting him on the third line, but I wouldn't be strictly opposed to putting him on the second line with Barzal just because if you believe that they're the future and they can be you know on this team five ten years or whatever it does make sense to then you know have them start to build chemistry together as early as possible and then having to go from there so realistically whatever way Doug Waite decides to go I think he'll be pretty happy with he's got my full confidence when it comes to roster construction you know, whereas every year we enter it with um, trepidation when it comes to roster construction with Jack Capuano going, okay, who's he going to put? How many vets are going to come ahead of, of, of rookies? Um, let's see what he does now. Uh, I, don't, I don't have that same problem with Doug Waite. And we'll, we'll get to comments about why that's the case, but it's just he has that trust already beforehand without said comments. Yeah, I absolutely agree there, and another reason why I'm excited for this season, a full year of Doug Waite behind the bench. I'm mm. curious to see how he responds 
and how the team responds. Man, he's already fired say. up for preseason. You see him like slagging off the referees the other day. Oh, I love it. Midseason form. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say angry. Doug Waite gifts and videos are one of my favorite things on the internet. It's, I could just eat those up all day. It's my bread and butter. Bread and butter. All right. Moving on to our next topic of conversation. Ryan Strom, he he did score a goal the other night, but he has been struggling in Edmonton, and they're kind of down on him. So I think you wrote an article about this this week, but you, you pretty much said it. Trade's still looking amazing for Garth Snow and the Islanders. Once again, Garth Snow took advantage of a general manager who was in terrible cap situation and the pride away a top line player for the Islanders in Jordan Eberle and he gave up likely a bottom six player and that was it yeah exactly I like how you 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 specified that it's a top line player for the Islanders uh it wasn't so much the case for Jordan Eberle out in Edmonton where he was a top line he was for the longest time but then for some reason couldn't get it done last year with only I think it was 41 points um, on a McDavid-led team, like you think he should have, he could have done more than that. But you're right. The return, like the island, I, I kept saying, the Islanders can't stop losing or winning this trade. They, they just can't stop winning it. First off, they got a guy who's going to work well with Tavares, or should at this point. I, there's no reason not to believe he won't. Um, they got him at a fair number for what he might be able to produce, and they gave up absolutely nothing for him. Sure enough, they gave up the potential for Strom, but. Strom has shown over the last couple of years that he's probably going to cap out as a 30-point player in the NHL. That's probably his ceiling from here on in. So do you trade that for a guy who can get you 70 points? Heck, yeah, you do. There's no reason not to do that. Uh, so, And now it seems that he can't get his, his act together at Edmonton playing alongside McDavid because that was the carrot they were dangling in front of his face going, hey, Ryan Strom, we want that 50-point production. Guess what? We'll, we'll try our best to get you in that situation by letting you play alongside the best player in the league today. We'll, tr- we'll try that. How about we do that for you, Ryan? We'll give you a shot. And he went, no, you know what? I'm good, guys. I'm just going to go play some Xbox or something, and then I'll play in the games, and then whatever. Like, honestly. I'm pretty sure if they put me or you next to McDavid, we could come up with 50 points. Heck yeah. Or close to it. Yeah, it's going to be like John Scott at the All-Star game. Just put your stick on the ice, and we'll put the puck there. That'll be McDavid to you and I. Yeah, exactly. I mean, granted, I can't really skate, but I'll just park myself in front of the net and just hope he shoots it into my shin guard and then it goes in. (laughs) See, that's the thing. I can skate, but I got no muscle behind me to clear the net like Anders Lee. I ain't moving no one out of the way. I'm yeah. bouncing off people. Yeah, this is true. I have the height, not so much the weight. We are both long and lanky. We were both- I was going to say, who's those two string beans on the ice with McDavid? If we line up along the blue line and we're dressed in blue and no one's seeing us. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, um... I can't say enough good things about this trade. I remember where I was. I was at work when I noticed that this trade went through, and I went absolutely nuts. And my coworkers, they were like, like what happened? I was like, Garth Snow just made one of the best trades that he's ever made. He got rid of a player whose ceiling is pretty much 30, 35 points for a guy who is top-line talent. Like, Tavares finally has a winger. That's mm-hmm. amazing. And they only gave up Ryan Strom. They didn't have to give up any draft picks or prospects or anything else. And yeah. So does that rank amazing. top Gar Snow trade for you? 
Because it doesn't for me. Letty? Yeah, mine is still Letty. Whoa. Sure enough, he gave up a lot, like a, a big number of prospects, but he didn't give up any good prospects. Like Vili Pekka, I think his name is, is, is sure he's still in the Chicago system, but he's a borderline AHL player. That's the best prospect we gave up. I would say right now the Letty trade might be better, but if we have this conversation at the end of the year, I might change my answer. Fair enough. Because if he puts up like 65 points with the Tavares line and Ryan Strom, you know, is playing third line minutes in Edmonton and putting up 30 points max, I would say I would say this one. Yeah, we still earned 35 points on the deal. Yeah, fair enough. All right. When we come back, we are going to discuss why both Mitch and I are very happy with something Doug Waite said. All right, welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. I am Matt O'Leary, joined by Mitch Anderson. Hello. <laughs> All right. And now we, we are going to discuss why we are both happy that Doug Waite said he will play the youth if they are out playing the veterans and why we shouldn't be ha- like so happy with this because like it should be obvious like yes duh but based on past history and recent coaches like this is a new <laughs> revelation for us so i, wanna, Jack I would definitely want to talk about it yeah <laughs> jack uh, yeah mitch why don't you start so it came out b comp was the one who put it out on twitter saying he spoke to doug wait and doug wait said that he would be willing to play rookies over veterans if they outplayed said veterans. Which, in and of itself, sounds like, again, in other news, water is wet. right? This is a, just a, a, a statement that shouldn't make any waves in any fan base in any NHL market. But in New York, it, well, maybe not New York, but in Long Island, it makes like tsunami waves of happiness along the fan base because we haven't heard someone say that in seven years. Capuano was here, give or take like he was, he was adamant to not play. Like Garth could have structured the roster and given him only a bunch of rookies and Brian Strait, and Brian Strait still would have put up 30 minutes a night, maybe 40 minutes. He would have played center left and right. And maybe played defense if he had to. Right. And, during the Islanders Devils preseason game, I think I even tweeted out like because Brian Strait, you know, was playing in the game. I was like, remember, once upon a time, Brian Strait got minutes over a young Ryan Pulak, which is like insanity to us. Yeah. But that's the thing. I would love to see Beauvillier, Barzal, Hosang, you know, all of them get these opportunities and we might there's a very good chance we see Jason Chimera who did score 20 goals last year mind you he's probably not going to play on an every night basis he's there's a good possibility that he could be a healthy scratch with Kuhlman's and playing yeah. on the fourth line yeah so I'm, I'm with you on I, that I, I'm more of thinking that Cooley's going to be the one to go just because to me it doesn't add anything more than even his puck possession is what like people think he's really good at he's not that great at he's a negative puck possession guy and at least Chimera adds that speed. He should. He's 38th, so maybe not so much. Um, but if he's bringing speed to the game and 20 goals, which Kuhlman doesn't do, why Why would you leave him out? 
right? If if that's the game he's bringing. But the idea still remains that if these players like Beauvillier, like Barzal, like Hosang, if they're outplaying guys like, like you said, Chimera or Quine, I guess, maybe that's not to be a veteran, like Gianta or Kuleman, then they're not playing. Or even for maybe Barack Nelson, right? That's a vet that doesn't necessarily show up all the time, that has a guaranteed roster spot for no mm. reason. Right? If he's if they're out playing him, why not? We need fourth line guys. Brock Nelson, you're not a fourth line guy. Guess what? You're up in the stands, buddy. Wow. That would be a mic yeah. drop moment for Doug Waite. That's a hot take on this Eyes on Isles podcast. I'd yeah. love it. That would be what a wake up call that would be for Brock Nelson because he just loves to go on that little cruise control and you know just skating around, not you know doing his little thing. Every once in a while he'll shoot and then you know head back to the bench. If they really said you know scratched him for a night, what a wake up call that would be. Isles Twitter would be going bananas. <laughs> they would love it. I would love it. I would write a blog instantly about how. That was the greatest move and how Doug Waite should be the coach of the year. A blog, a book, a trilogy. A book. We're going to turn into like the Doug Waite trilogy. (laughs) Exactly. But I love that. I'm all for it. And and people got to remember, like, this isn't just Jack Capuano not passing the eye test going, why is he playing Brian Strader all the time? I keep seeing Brian Strader on my screen. No, no. Go back and look look at the game sheets and you'll see that even last season, there are times... Most of the time, most of the nights when Barzal and Bovillia were playing or when they were intertwined or interchanged, sorry, they played up to nine minutes a night. A night. Nine minutes. And these are supposed to be your premier elite rookies coming in and they're playing bottom four minutes. Like they were playing less than Clutterbuck, Sezikis, and Kuhlman at the time, which was your fourth line, right? And fourth line guys don't usually play them those types of minutes, although in New York it's a little bit different. Um but they were still playing nine minutes. Nine minutes. They were, they were barely getting a sniff out there. Capuano was l- absolutely restricting the growth of these players. Why do you think Nito Niederreiter left town? Exactly. That's the, mo- that's the most obvious one to point to yeah. is Nino Niederreiter. They completely ruined his development. Yeah. You could probably say the same thing for Strom and sending him back down. Bingo. Two years ago now. Yeah. And what so, about Bailey all those years? Right? Probably. Did, did Bailey finally get, get his chance now, and that's why he put up 56 points? Was it just Jack Capuano capping his... That's a fun way to say it. Jack Capuano capping people, but like the capping their potential at 30, 33 points because he wouldn't play him enough? The cappy effect. The cappy that's effect. That's what you should call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree, and that's just the thing. Like With Doug Waite, I just have this confidence... That he's not gonna do something stupid, and he's actually gonna, you know, like, like, like he's actually gonna play guys where they belong, and say, "Oh, this is an offensive player. I'm not gonna then turn him into a grinder. Yeah. Like, use your brain for me one time, please. I want some compete level. That's my best New York accent right there. I'm too Canadian. I'm too Canadian. It's not gonna no, work. Too, too, it's not too gonna Canadian. Work. You might have to hold off on that. Got a mouthful of ketchup chips and a Jolie going on over here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, do you have anything else on Doug Waite letting the youth play, or is that talk to to your fancy? Ah, uh, it's just I love it. I don't think there's anything I, I have. Uh, it's just amazing to hear. It it sucks that we have to hear it 
but we hear it and it's amazing because for years that wasn't the way things were working. No, not at all. All right, then. Let's move into one of our fun segments. I think everyone likes this one, the social segment where we talk about different trending stories and just the talk of Isles Twitter and Isles Facebook and all that fun stuff. So before we start the segment, I should mention that if you want to join in on this kind of conversation and have some input, we would love listener responses, you could use the hashtag IslesPod, I-S-L-E-S-P-O-D, and share your story, picture, or whatever. Mitch tweeted that out today, and I responded to it with a photo and a little bit of a story, and I wanted to start this social segment with that story. Mitch, would you like to hear it? Yeah, do it. Okay, so if you did not see the tweet, I tweeted out a picture of a young Matthew O'Leary in his prime (laughs) in a baseball uniform with next to Jack Capuano. The Another mega mullet himself. Prime, Jack Capuano. And I know what you must be thinking. Why is a blogger dressed up in a baseball uniform? And what is Jack Capuano <laughs> doing at a baseball field? And Mitch, this was a kind of random story, but how it ended up working out, it explains so much to the Garth Snow and Jack Capuano rumors and everything like this. And I swear on anything this is 100 percent true not fabricated or nothing this is the kind of content you get from the eyes on isles podcast <laughs> so i show up to my travel league baseball game and it was at cantigue park where the islanders were going to start practicing eventually and i get to the field whatever i'm going to put my cleats on and one of my buddies goes, you'll never guess who I saw in the parking lot. I got a picture with him. He shows me his phone. It's Jack Capuano. I was like, oh, my God, what the heck is he doing here? And my coach was like, yeah, well, you know, the Islanders are going to practice here sometimes. And I guess he was just here checking out the facilities. So I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I didn't think anything else of it. I went out to the field, started warming up, and my coach calls me in. So I'm like, oh, no, I must have did something bad or something, you know. <laughs> so, so I come running in, and he's like, Come on, take your phone. Capuano's over there. We'll go get a picture. So I'm like, cool, awesome. I walk up. I'm like, you know, how you doing? I'm like, I'm a huge Islander fan. Like, nice to meet you, whatever. He's smoking a cigar. Of course. Which you, can't see in the, which you couldn't see in the picture, but he very stealthily put it behind my back in the picture when he put his arm around me. A veteran move. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. By him. And then, like, I take the picture. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, good luck this year, blah, blah, blah. And... In my mind, I wanted to say, why the heck do you love Brian Strait so much? But I resisted. I wanted to keep it classy. You were polite. (laughs) I was very polite. And then I hear my coach go, hey, Garth. And I'm like, what? And I turn around, and there I see Garth Snow in a windbreaker, a baseball cap, and shorts hitting fungos to a youth (laughs) league team. He was coaching his son's team, and Jack Capuano was there watching. Wow, they were just hanging out. Total bros. (laughs) I swear this really happened in July of 2015, a couple years ago. Was Garth just getting his house fumigated so Cappy had to get out of the basement or something? That must have been it because... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's my little Isles story. 
So if you have something like that that you would like to share with us and get it on the podcast, use the hashtag IslesPod, and we will discuss your favorite Isles stories, memories, pictures with players, anything. Funny enough, someone submitted something. So Ooh. shout out to Josh Elkin, at Josh Elkin. That's uh, E-L-K-I-N. He sends a picture, and it says, met at Matt Molson through winning a T-shirt contest, and then ran into him at a New York Jets-Dallas game back on 9-11-11. And uh, there's a picture here where Matt Molson introduced uh, him, him being Josh, to a bunch of quote-unquote teammates. So there's Kyle Posos in the picture, Matt Molson's there, John Tavares, and then Franz Nielsen all hanging out of the New York Jets-Dallas game. Unbelievable. That, that is cool. That is cool. They're all I just wish... like chumming out. Can you imagine you just walk up and, you know, hanging out at the tailgate and like five of the biggest Islanders are just there chilling just like. chilling out i would i don't even know what i'd, I'd, I'd try to get a selfie but then I, I would just my life would be over yeah you peaked at that point there's nothing else left mm. you could do yeah that that's about as peak as i can ever get it's a sad existence but that's my peak right there <laughs> i think <laughs> as for some other trending stories oh sorry thanks josh for this for, for for chiming in on that one that's, that's yeah. a great picture um, we have Ryan Pulak breaking the glass at practice. So the Islanders Twitter account just tweeted out a video and they said when Ryan Pulak is there and it's like just glass shattered like all over the place. It's like a, a, what is it, a Godzilla, Godzilla destruction path? Like just follow the path of destruction to find Ryan, Ryan Pulak. But the best part is that's not the first time it happened. No. Last year, almost a year ago to the date, he did it at practice. Do you think he just tries to get out of the system every year? Like, okay, well, we're here in September. I got to break, I got, I got break a pane of glass, man. I just got to get it out of me so I can hit the net throughout the rest of the year. I said this in the story when I wrote it earlier in the week or at the end of last week, whenever it was. I was half joking, but now I'm kind of serious. What if this happens at Barclays Center? Like, shards of glass are just going to be flying at fans. Yeah. Right at into least their pract- super expensive sushi. Yeah, or their overpriced adult beverage. Like, it's just... <laughs> that. That's the thing. Like, it's a, yeah, good thing it happened at practice both times when there's not really a whole lot of people there. But could you imagine how... Especially if it happened at the Barclays Center, just because of the amount of hate and rhetoric there is out there against the Barclays Center, that would be just like throwing more fuel on the fire and being like, see, this is why we shouldn't be playing at the Barclays Center. They obviously have like sea salt glass where it's like easy to break. (laughs) Sea salt glass. You know, like the glass in the movies where like. Yeah, it's it's ready to break right away. Uh, <laughs> it's not NHL regulation glass. Anytime there's a hit along the boards, shatters. Like every game takes four hours to get through because they're constantly changing the glass. <laughs> Actually, I think at the playoff game that I went to against the Panthers at the Barclays Center, they had to change the glass. I think that was game three. Wow. Pretty sure that happened. Or it might have been in the Tampa series. I don't remember. Either but, way. That's but unreal. either way, I, that would just be... Could you imagine the hysterics that would happen if that went down at the Barclays Heck Center? Yeah. So thankfully it didn't. Yeah. How worried are you about him not hitting the net? That's what I kept seeing his comments. Like, hope those hit the net next time. Like, how many shots do you think this guy took today? And how many do you think missed the net? I mean, I mean even if he's shooting at 100 
five miles an hour, it's probably going to take a pretty nice Kareem off the board, so I'm not too worried. Well, I'm really not worried about his accuracy. I'm sure it's still pretty good. Um, yeah, it's just fun to see glass yeah, shattering all over the place. <laughs> Amazing. Um, also, the gif we tweeted out of the Matthew Barzal goal made its rounds on Twitter. It's got a bunch of retweets, a bunch of faves, which we're obviously happy about. But P.S. That was me the making the sound itself. of fire a second ago. <laughs> it's not me like was that <laughs> gurgling. It was just me trying to be <laughs> acid reflux. <laughs> Vocalize a fire emoji. I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> so I was looking down at my notes, so I didn't see you doing that. So I was just thinking, what the heck was that? It was just me casually eating the mic like I live in Pawnee or something. Only people oh, who watched Parks and Rec will get that reference, but that's fine. <laughs> but that goal, I mean, was it against a terrible defense? Yes, but that doesn't ah. take away from how mesmerized I was when this was going down. I, He showed off his speed. He showed his playmaking ability. He showed finishing ability. And, like, it was, like, jaw-dropping stuff from Barzal. Like, can we just stop discrediting nice goals Yes, like you said, the defense wasn't an NHL caliber defense. But you know what? It's the Devils. It's not going to be. Um, and even if it is, it's still a nice goal. It's a really nice goal to see. Just like you said, speed. He had the IQ to see the play evolving in front of him, that the defense was stuck flat-footed on the blue line, and he took it around instead of trying to look for a pass. He realized that he had an opening, and he took it. That's an elite-level talent. He realized a play, and he realized that the defense wasn't in a position to make a play against him, and so he took it. Can we just stop discrediting nice goals? Like, I'm tired of seeing our, our Twitter feed going, well, it wasn't an NHL-caliber defense. Okay, sorry. Sorry, I forgot. That's not a really good goal. Sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. That's not a good goal. Take it back. Bring it back down. Like, honestly. Yeah, turn people, off the goal horn. This is, stop. All right, that one doesn't count. This is why we can't have nice things. No. Unreal. It, that facet of the internet really drives me nuts. As much as I love Twitter, and I think, like, most days I think, how is this website free with all the mm-hmm. fantastic content that's on there? But sometimes days like that, it just makes me shake my head and question why I even do what I do on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I think we're both in agreement. The Barzell goal was absolutely filthy. Mm-hmm. We're both mesmerized by it. Something that we will not be mesmerized by this year. Mike Milbury, that jerk, got a promotion at NBC. How? Like, how does this guy keep getting work? He keeps being, like, he's so bad at his job, and he keeps, I want his agent. Can someone get me his agent's number? Because I would love for them to represent me. That's what I was going to say. Can I positive spin zone this for a second for you? Yes, please. If... Mike Milbury can get a job. I am confident that I myself or you <laughs> will be able to successfully land a job in this business. We're at least a little bit better than Mike Milbury, at least. Uh, yes, and we, we don't have gar- terrible trades in in our Wikipedia page, so we've got that going for us. No, we don't have terrible trades on our Wikipedia page, and we definitely would not say anything poorly about P.K. Subban if he was dancing in the pregame warm-ups or any of that. Would you ever beat someone with their own shoe, however? Hmm. Because if if so, then now we're at level. So as long as we steer steer clear of the beating people with their own shoes, we're A-OK. 
All right, I'll remember that. Tuesday <laughs> on beat. Underline. All right. Someone else's shoes off. Oh, man. Amazing. God bless NBC. I don't know how they keep doing it. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. The, uh, the, 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 it's going to be up soon. The contract's up soon, so maybe this is another couple of years and we're done. Cross our fingers. Yeah. Cross fingers, toes, everything you have. Cross it. Um, this one, not as much fun, but we'll try to make it fun. The NYFC. Uh, NYCFC. Oh, NYCFC. Mm, Sorry. It's an extra the soccer C there. guy's got to correct me. Um, so an MLS team is also bidding on Belmont. So that was a topic of discussion. And some people were worried that they were going to you know, give it to uh, NYCFC and stuff like that. So uh, what are your thoughts on the topic? Um, it, it, it should be something to be considered or at least worried a little bit about. Um, the only reason we shouldn't be worried is because it seems that they, NYCFC and their fans don't really care to build in, in Queens. Um, but like I tweeted out from my personal account a while ago, or yesterday I think it was, so that's not really a while, only yesterday. Anyways, um, there's aren't a little, there aren't a whole lot of empty parcels of land to build a brand new stadium in, in New York City. So whenever one becomes avail- available, whether the fans like it or not, they have to at least try and get something. Because if they, if they just let this slip and no other parcel of land opens up, where are they going to build? Are they going to have to go out to, God, who knows, like, well up north or, like, to Terrytown? Like, no, no one's going to want to go there. Um, so they have to apply. And what we get worried here is that they have money. They have a ton of money. So if, if no one knows the situation here, New York City FC is essentially a sister company or a sister team to Manchester City Football Club out in England. And Manchester City Football Club is owned by, I'm going to say his full name here, Mansour bin Zayed Al-Nayahan, who is Sheikh Mansour, who has a net worth, a personal net worth, of $38 billion. Whoa. This guy makes bank. Well, he's, he's in the, the, the royal family of the United Arab Emirates. So he's got a lot of oil money. But like, the guy has money. So if money is, is, is the issue... It won't be an issue for them. And that was the whole issue with the New York City Cosmos. They didn't have any more money. They weren't going to be able to build the stadium they wanted to put there. These guys can build it. So that's why we should worry at least a little bit. They got some money. Okay. Now, this might just be my pure ignorance on the MLS. And I'm not know how, I don't know how familiar you are with the MLS. I know you are the soccer guy. Yeah. Too. But could they potentially just share a stadium with the Red Bulls? Don't they doesn't the Red Bulls have their own stadium now? Yes, I believe they do. Uh I don't think they want to do that, but it's possible. It's entirely possible. I don't see why not. Uh it's just obviously with the New York Islanders play and share MSG. Right? Is that something that the no. fan base would tolerate? No. Uh, the, the Jets and Giants. The animosity is nowhere near that. I'm not trying to equate the animosity between the New York City Red Bulls, or I guess the New York Red Bulls, sorry, not New York City, and NYCFC as the same between the Rangers and Islanders, because it's not. Um, but essentially, think of it that way. Because there's no way they would do that. Possible. It's just, They've been playing at Yankee it, Stadium forever, so. Right. In my mind, I'm just, I don't see... ML, I know there is a small target audience that they do capture, but I don't see MLS as like this huge thing in the states yet. So I don't Ooh, really look at them. You are 
mistaken. It is growing I, and growing fast. It's, it's it's almost overtaking NHL. It's it's sad, but it's getting there. It's probably just my distaste for the sport. So I'm going to plead <laughs> me being right. ignorant on this topic. <laughs> Fair enough. But, um, yeah, I was going to say I'm not really all that worried, but that would be pretty typical if then a soccer team mm-hmm. took Belmont instead of the Islanders. So yeah. yeah, that would make that would actually make sense going on pay, on par for whatever else has happened to me. Yeah, in my <laughs> thoughts. So it's just something food for thought. They don't necessarily want it, but they have to out of due diligence to bid in this process because if they didn't, it wouldn't make sense to their fans because it wouldn't seem like they're trying because they hate playing at Yankee Stadium for obvious reasons. Yankee Stadium isn't a soccer stadium. So, aren't they also trying for Willits Point too? I saw. Um, I think that's a potential, but there's obviously a Willits Point isn't really up for for grabs at this point because it's already a, a mall that they're looking to build there, a whole mall kind of mm-hmm. gentrification process, and um, that's really stuck up in in bureauc- bureaucracy right now. So until that's canceled, I don't Fun. think anyone's building there. All right. Well, we even got some soccer talk on this podcast. Eyes on Isles just doing everything. Everything we own. Everyone. Everything. <laughs> we own everyone, <laughs> everything under the sun. That's right. Uh, do Do you have any other social topics to discuss this week? I am all out. All right. So that's all I had to. But just to do a quick little recap, uh, make sure to follow along with us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Follow us on Twitter at eyes on aisles FS. Make sure to always Go to the website, eyesonisles.com. If you're not a website guy, guess what? We got an app now, too. Go to your app store, Google Play Store, whatever you got. Search in Eyes on Isles, and you can download our app. You get little push notifications anytime an article is published, so you can stay up to date with the latest on all things Islanders, from news, opinions, editorials, whatever your heart desires. So once again, I'm Matt O'Leary, joined by Mitch Anderson. There we go. And it's been a good week of talking hockey, Mitch. I had a lot of fun. I look forward to next week, buddy. See you next week. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, 
engineering your success.